Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. These guys are ridiculous. These guys are ridiculous. Now, how about them down? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording at 12, 17 a.m. on Tuesday, May 30th, after the Celtics lost Game 7 against the Miami Heat. It's, uh, it sucks. <laughs> this, this, is, this is not fun. I am not a... So, and it's like, if the Celtics had lost respectably... It'd be one thing. And uh, let me rephrase that. They were trying, right, for like the, the 80% of the game up until it got to like the point of no return. Like they, their effort was there. It's just their shot wouldn't fall. Jason Tatum got hurt on the literal first play of the game. And it was a lot of rough play for most of the rest of the team. It was like all like all postseason we've been begging for, you know, at least try. At least they can do is try. And they tried. It just they just weren't very good and the heat killed them. Yeah. They didn't get a whole lot from literally anybody. Uh, the Tatum thing is really unfortunate. This very unlucky before we even get into the game, this is the most Celtics way to lose to get eliminated. <laughs> they had all of us out after game four. I mean, after game three, rather I was out, did not care, said, please just lose game four. They win three. We have a big circle jerk for all of them. Uh, we've crowned them Eastern Conference champions. And then they come out and have nothing at home. I mean, the Tatum yeah. injuries, whatever. Like, it happened. The whole selling point on this Celtics team this season is how deep they were. You got nothing. I don't know. Again, this is a talking point on its own, but I don't know why they rolled out Brogdon if he's not ready to play. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They shut it down quick, but you you got nothing from really. Jalen Brown was terrible. Derek White gave we'll you talk about that. points. Uh, you got nothing from these guys, man. Like when Tatum's not doing anything, the whole point is like your team's deep now. You're supposed to be able to like cook, and you couldn't cook. They came out flat as hell on the pregame. That was like my number one thing. I was like, okay. You've got this whole crowd. They're juiced up. They're ready to be there. They can't believe that they're watching a game seven. And to their credit, they didn't necessarily come out flat. They just had flat results. They couldn't get the ball to go in the basket. They looked like they were playing hard. And that was the sucky point. Like, wow. Like, really felt like they had they just knocked down some shots. They could have ran away with this game. Miami was dead for what six minutes into the game it was like nine to nine if they yeah. have any sort of offensive flow or success they could have opened up like a 15 point lead then we all could have just got our hearts ripped out in a different way when they blew that well uh, that that's my thing for like sorry to cut you off like the first like three to four minutes of the game i was like oh wow like they're gonna be real good today like they look energized like the first play of the game i know he got hurt but like tatum got right to the cup and he, he looked like he was gonna be aggressive and then as soon as it was clear 
that Jason Tatum wasn't fully himself and that he couldn't like be the aggressive, the, the, the tier one option they needed him to be. It all slowly just <clears throat> sort of started shifting downward in a spiral and all season you've said this a lot of people have said it and i've agreed with it for the most part it's like if you play defense you win the game three-point shooting doesn't matter well <laughs> as much as the defense was rough in some spots against guys like caleb martin and and, and max Struess, and they, they struggled to close it on three-point shooters i'm not saying the defense was perfect like they tried really hard on defense right so as as much as that was there and and like i said the execution wasn't there on some of these guys i'm not excusing the the missed closeouts on these three-point shooters but the defensive intensity was there but it came back to the three-point shooting. They just couldn't hit their shots, and they shot below 30% from three four times in the series, and you're just not going to win games like that unless you have a miraculous buzzer beater like they did in game six. And so as much as defense needs to be the first priority, and I think it still does, they talked a lot about that post-game. Malcolm Brogdon talked about it, talked about how that needs to be their point of emphasis. Marcus Smart mentioned how, like, they were so bad on offense last year, they wanted to make it more of a priority this year, but in turn hurt their defense. So, like, it's obviously something they know about, but... They played okay defense. It wasn't great. Obviously, like I said, a lot of guys had had good nights for them from behind the three-point line, but they just they couldn't hit shots, and that's what lost in the game. They, they couldn't hit shots, and they were getting good looks too. It wasn't like an offensive process thing for the most part, uh, at least through the first half. They just, they just missed. Yeah, I mean, you did get the defensive effort. They held Miami to 103. You just had a historically, historically bad <laughs> – 39% from the field, 21.4% from three. I mean, that is insane stuff. It, like, that is like, we, we've we talked about it. I said it all last year. Just don't be the absolute worst. And they were the absolute worst on offense. And as much as, like, their defense was great and they looked engaged, the offense was not. Even Even take out, like, the missed shots. There were a lot of stretches in this game where there was nothing happening on offense. Now, there were other stretches where they moved the ball, they popped it around, and they got good looks. Like, they did get a lot of good looks. It's true. They did. But then there were other possessions, and I know you're going to want to talk about this. Like, Jalen Brown would sit there and then just fire up a three. It's like, what is happening? Jalen Brown was, what, 10% from three in this series? Something like that? Something yeah, terrible I think like he was that? 16, 16% from three this year. I 16% think from three? He's taking nine threes in an elimination game? Are we okay? Is that is everybody okay? Why is that allowed? Th- oh. This is unbelievable. It is remarkable. He turned the ball over eight times, and that wasn't even the first thing I talked Career about. Career, Career high. Career high, by the way. Career day. Very good. Uh, and if you count, <laughs> let's see, he probably took two of those threes in the flow of the offense. So you can give him seven turnovers for the threes that he took that were bad. Mm-hmm. I that's I I'm very harsh on shot selection. I oftentimes, if I don't like it, it's a turnover to me in my head. He may he had a lot of shot selection turnovers today too, which is yes, not averaged. what you're looking for when a uh, Tatum rolls his ankle. And yeah. you know you need somebody to step up. Derek White did his best. He he sure did. He did. But we can we can try. let you uh, go off on Jalen quickly because um, I don't want to keep bouncing around too much. I want to keep it somewhat organized here. Huh? Yeah, I mean, look, I have been 
probably one of the more critical people um, on Jalen throughout the season. I wrote something in December um, when he was having a pretty good statistical year about how his lack of playmaking, his lapses on defense, his tunnel vision, and all that stuff was getting in the way. And I titled it, or excuse me, Celtics blog editor, master Bill Sy titled it, um, A Tale of Two Jalen Browns. And that's kind of what we've seen throughout the season. I mean, if he hits his first shot, you're going to get the version of Jalen Brown. <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I have something in my throat. The version of Jalen Brown that shoots six of eight in the first quarter and finishes the game with 30 points. And that's the that's the All-NBA version of Jalen Brown, who made second team this year, who was an all-star, who was awesome. And then on other nights, you're going to get the version of Jalen Brown that does this and he he can't make his shots his shots but he keeps forcing it and he obviously doesn't get a pass but i do think the context of he had to play that role tonight also stinks like he he had to do that he had to be the guy in this game because jason tatum couldn't and um unfortunately all of the rough habits that have come up for jalen brown happened in this one you'd love to this to be a game where he shot super well and he got hot and he was making everything but <clears throat> this is the reason that Jalen Brown cannot run the offense it's because he gets tunnel vision he loses the ball too easily on the dribble he makes bad passes he gets beat by Duncan Robinson on back cuts and this is transitioning into the defensive end he, he loses the guy on defense he commits offensive fouls whether or not you think that was an offensive foul like that's something he's done all season regardless of that individual instance this game like he all of the mistakes he made tonight i think are have resonated throughout the season at times but because he's had such a good overall year a lot of people get mad when you point that stuff out as i was the target of that hate on twitter which you know i don't care like i'm I'm not going to sit here parading that i was right because listening to him post game like you can tell he knows he messed up. Like he was like fighting back tears. And like, as much as you want to sit here as fans and say, you like, good, like you should feel bad. Like watching a guy sit there and be like, I failed. Like I failed the city and I'm sorry. Like, well, he didn't apologize, but like you could tell, like, like he, he's fighting back the emotion. I saw so the quotes. It, it, it sucks, man. It sucked to watch. As long and, as they and... take accountability for things in the proper way. And it's not just the, going up there and saying we'll be better than the nonsense. I mean, what are they going to say now? The season's over. But seriously, I don't know. I he's think you have that, a that's point. That's not an excuse. With, like, with the way he handled bad. that, I think there is some serious accountability there. It doesn't feel phony. You've got mm-hmm. five months now to learn how to dribble, buddy, instead of learn how to speak Chinese. <laughs> and you have to work on it. Uh, unfortunately for you, Jason Tatum said uh, he deserves the max. So I don't think he's going to get traded. At least, you know, right now. I don't know what the proper move is. I don't. I'm not Brad Stevens. I'm sure we'll talk about this plenty plenty this summer. That's what I was going to say. We have plenty of time to talk about that. Yeah. And we will. And we will. We we certainly will. But not a good start for the trade Jalen Brown train. Jason Tatum (laughs) has been uh, nothing but happy in Boston, it seems. Everything he says indicates he is happy with the Celtics and a large part in that has to do with them probably, uh, you know, reaching out to him on big decisions, keeping him in the loop, things like that. 
if you are going to move on from Jalen Brown, that'll for sure piss him off as his contract starts to dwindle down. So I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Um, that third quarter was something, huh? They were there. <laughs> and Miami was begging yeah. them to win this game. And they were like, no, nah, we hate winning. We hate and winning. I think I think we need to <clears throat> rephrase because you're right. But it's not they were there. It's Derek White was there. <laughs> Derek White was there. But they as, still... as, as much as. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, as much as like you look at the box score, right? And we talked about this right before we hit record. Derek White finished with 18 points. Uh, one, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, five of 12 shooting, two of nine from three, right? It's not a good game. <clears throat> but if you were watching it, he was quite literally the only player on the floor on a court with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, the only player looking to score the ball, right? And and whether that's Jalen Brown <clears throat> struggling to, on the night, you know, with his turnovers and, and with his shot or Jason Tatum with the ankle or the fact that Marcus Smart's not a scorer or Al Horford struggling with his three-point shot. He shot two of five tonight, so not the end of the world, but still, in general, this series, <clears throat> Derek White was the only player accepting the ball and trying to make a play with it. And and he was the only reason the Celtics had a glimmer of hope in this game. He was the only player on the court who I don't want even I don't, I don't even want to say gets a pass because like no one should get a pass after something like that, but like he's the only one who looked like he gave a shit in the third quarter and in general. Like he he was when, when I'll put it this way. <laughs> when Derek White Made, had those six points in a row, the three in the end one, like TD Garden had hope again. And after that, they didn't. And so credit. There was nobody else that. to help carry that but, forward. It was really sad to watch. Exactly. Uh, on the defensive him. end, at that point, they weren't getting the stops. Like it Derek was White weird. Was good like, at defense, they were chipping was. away. And then every time they needed that extra stop to get over the hump, they couldn't get it. There was some crazy stuff happening on Miami's end. I mean, Caleb Martin had, what, 26 points? I mean, this is ridiculous at this point. And I will say this. We're only 13 minutes in. I am rooting for Miami to do well in the finals just because I can't believe what I just watched. And so help me God if Caleb Martin goes out there and averages eight points a game, I'm going to lose my mind, okay? And he should have been the conference finals MVP, and they didn't give it to him for whatever reason, which is really, really Mm -hmm. weird. Um, It was five to four votes. But this was a very winnable game for the Celtics, make no mistake. Yeah. And and Miami made the big plays. They were they showed up in those clutch moments that happened throughout the game. Even though we have this notion that clutch happens in the fourth quarter. The clutch moments in the third quarter were still there. Caleb Martin was making threes. He finished the quarter <laughs> with a turnaround on the baseline to bring it to ten, going into the fourth. It's travel. It really yeah. looked it double dribble. Terrible. It was it, it was it was a carry. Yeah, it was not a lot, but in a, in a game with Tiki Tack travels, that was a terrible call on White. By the way, I I know you texted me. You uh, said it was a travel. That was not travel. We we can I think bicker we'll, for ten minutes on it. I don't think it was a travel. That's fine. Tatum's wasn't a travel. That's the one I thought was worse. But I don't think it, either. Again, whatever. Again, doesn't matter. But still, um, at the end of the day, they lost by nineteen points. So <laughs> what are you exactly? Do? Uh, but yeah. yeah, Derek White really did lead the charge. is pretty impressive. I think going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to use Derek White, how how much of a role he's going to get with this team, how much uh, more of the responsibility he's going to see. I mean, and he, I, I he think really 
had moments in this playoff run, especially early in that Atlanta series where we were like, wow, this guy might be the best guy on the team. Yeah. And I I think a part of that will be, do they keep all three guards? Do they look to trade one of them for a better wing? Do they look to trade for more, you know, a star big or dependable big who can replace Al? And I I think Derek White's play has made it easier to consider those options, if that makes sense. I think it's made it easier to consider, you know, maybe trading player X for better depth in one area, trading Jalen for for a star in a different area because you have this ball handler and, and score who can play the wing a little bit. So I think Derek White's emergence as a potential star this season has has opened up some options for the Celtics. But in this game seven, he was genuinely the only player out there who, for whatever reason, looked like he cared. And even he got hurt. He went out in the, in the third quarter with a, a, I think it was a knee injury or something. And he said he might get an MRI or get checked out or whatever. But it's just an unfortunate day for the Celtics. And he, he was like their beacon of hope for a few minutes there and uh, <clears throat> couldn't get it done. They just, yeah. They just you know, what was done. cool is that they still didn't know how to break his own. They still, you're correct. They saw the zone and they were like, oh man, uh, what do we do with this? After they were really cool, actually, were successful against the zone for three straight games, they're like, oh no, what do we do now? Well, it worked for one play, but when it worked out of halftime, or excuse me, maybe in the fourth quarter, I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, Tatum Tatum missed. Open layup, and then Caleb Martin hit. And that was the game. (laughs) It was, was that the fourth quarter? That was like a nine point swing of Tatum Mm -hmm. could have cut it to eight, said it was 17. In a yeah, blink Cam, of an eye. Uh, that was the beginning of the fourth quarter, and Cam, Cam T, who we were talking to before we hit record, he turns to me, he goes, no, they're winning this game. Tatum will turn up. And then that happens, and he turns to me, he goes, never mind. <laughs> that was uh, just crazy. Like, you can point at the ankle and be like, he would have dunked that. It's just so Maybe. weird. Like, I don't know. I don't really want this to this loss to be about the ankle, because at the end of the day, this team, the whole thing about them was that they're supposed to be deep, and you didn't see that. If it was like granted, Brogdon is hurt, were, and uh, he was I supposed to be this. a big piece of that increased depth. Gallinari was hurt. I don't really care about that. You if didn't it have was, him all year. If it was a five point game and they lost, and Tatum had like a stinker because he couldn't attempt a bunch of shots, that's really yeah. like, okay. Maybe this is different, but they got blown out. It wasn't close. It like you can't like as much as you want to look back and say oh Tatum doesn't go down at first play maybe the course of the game changes maybe it does maybe it does but it's not like it was close enough where that should matter because it wasn't and and they got blown out and it was uh probably the most embarrassing loss of, of the postseason somehow after everything <laughs> well the best thing about this is they truly made me hate them on the way out after they roped <laughs> me all the way back in I am not that sad that the season's over because this is the type of thing where it's like, what team are you going to get? The fact that we can't rely on them to just be consistent or have some kind of backup plan when things don't go well is a problem. Whether you want yeah. to point at Joe or the players, that's well, up to you. Did you hear what Joe said after the game? Yeah, I did. I hated it. <laughs> I That wasn't the problem in this game. I'm well, sorry. I think when you shoot 9 of 42, it might be something you need to move away from. But when Miami and, also gives you no choice, it's tough. I'll put it this way. I think, not to sound like Doc Rivers, but the shots they got were good. And I think some of the shots they got were good. Sure, sure, sure. I'll also say, though, and I said I texted this to you, it's not like they were making their layups. It's, it's not like the inside was working either. No, they shot 39% from the field. Like any exactly. shot today was a bad shot, it seems. Malcolm Brockton missed a layup. Jalen Brown missed some layups. Jason Tatum missed the easiest layup. Just nothing. They just, they just 
they couldn't play offense today. And as as much as we like to say it starts with defense, it, this was offense. They they couldn't make shots. Well, it does start with defense, <laughs> but but then you do need to have offense too, at but, least yeah, a little you bit. Kind of need to make nobody on the Celtics made double digit shots. By the way, the thing like, about no. the offense is the sloppiness, the turnovers, and you can circle back to mm-hmm. Jalen Brown on that because he had eight of them. They had fifteen, 15 and turnovers. Eight. Miami, I think, had less than that. Total. They had twelve total. They did have less than Jalen at one point, though. But they, uh, they, they turned up the heat in the turnovers eventually. I mean, but, uh, yeah, that's the type of thing that's unacceptable. The the poor discipline on offense is unacceptable. There were times in this game where they're just hoisting threes. I already mentioned it. How can you be cutting a lead down and getting it to will... striking distance, and then just fire up a three with like twenty seconds in the shot clock? I will say, I think in the first half, for the most part, the threes were fine. And I think once you got to that late third quarter, fourth quarter, it got into desperation, which is is not an excuse. I'm just saying, like, well, yes and no. Got to that point. What do you mean? A lot of bad threes came in the fourth. That you're absolutely right on. But there were points in the third quarter again where this was a game. This was a game that they had momentum in. Yeah, yeah, and then they're just trotting down and firing a three, like Jalen Brown did it. I don't think Tatum really did it today, except at the end of the first quarter, which was terrible, or first half, whichever one. You know what it is. He first did a step half, back, yeah, and everybody half. on the planet knew he was doing a step back. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was no need for that at the point in the game. Like there were crucial points in this game where they settled for threes, and that's the problem. There's no problem with swinging the ball around and, and pinging it around the perimeter and moving it, and then getting an open three. And I believe they made a couple of those. Because they mm-hmm. did a great job to set up a few. Eventually, they started like over ten from three. Yeah, but the 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 threes from the stars they need to not be as high going mm-hmm. forward. I don't want to yeah. see Jalen Brown taking nine threes in a game when he's shooting sixteen percent in the series. I just don't. Tatum only had four, but he really didn't shoot a lot today because he was hurt. You just can't have yeah. these guys hoisting threes. Unless it's off catch and shoot. I think they need to fine tune their threes. Joe loves the threes. He said, no, they didn't take too many threes this year. No, they didn't rely too heavily on the three, which is wrong. Subjectively, I think they relied too heavily on the three. That's why you get, again, today, terrible all around offensively. But that's why you lose certain games. You could post up a couple of these early series losses to that. Yeah. I, I don't it, think it's not a I think, black or white situation. There is gray area to it. And and you are right. There are a lot of times they do create great three point looks. The threes need to be for the other guys. The threes should not be for the stars. That that is my new stance. Well, Until, they're gonna take threes. And, and maybe Tatum's gonna have wrist surgery this summer. People have been saying his wrist hurts. It's as affected as shooting, fine, whatever. Until he fixes whatever the hell's wrong with his shot, he was not great from three this year. Jalen Brown has not been great from three over the last month and a half. Or actually, that's mm-hmm. not fair. At all this year. No, he hasn't. No, been good the no, 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 no. Jalen Brown was actually good in the playoffs up until this series. His his numbers, his percentages through the first two series, while it might not have always looked pretty, they were there. He, he was pretty reliable from three. I have to be fair. But in this series, he was god-awful. And I think he was hurt. They denied that he was hurt. I do think he was hurt to some degree to shoot that poorly. Really? 
Yes. Maybe. I don't know. Regardless, he shouldn't be taking nine threes if he's mm-hmm. not if he doesn't have it. I don't know. We we saw way. Tatum in the game six against Philly fire off a bunch of threes, and then all of a sudden, I him. I don't think the three point heavy offense is the problem, and I think that's what a lot of people mean when they say reliance on threes. I think they mean like, oh, they take too many. I don't think the Celtics take too many threes. I think the problem is literally what the statement is: the reliance on it, the fact that when they aren't making them, it affects everything else. Like I think the Celtics take a perfectly fine number of threes, even if they shoot poorly, like you take the open threes and that's fine. Yes. I agree with you that they should cut out the, the the step backs and the contested ones that the stars take if they're not in a rhythm. Who doesn't love think they take too many. (laughs) But I don't think they take too many. I think the problem is this season, particularly when they weren't making them, there was no, well, there was a backup plan, but the backup plan often didn't work, which was get to the rim. The stars get to the rim and, and create offense. But <clears throat> if they weren't making threes, it affected everything else. If they were making threes, they would panic on offense and they'd turn the ball over. If they weren't making threes, they wouldn't get back quick enough on defense <clears throat> and their defensive energy would lapse. If they weren't making threes, they'd get frustrated with the officials and, and start taking it out there and focus their energy elsewhere. If they weren't making threes, you know, their intensity would dip and they'd get mad. And so, like, I, I don't think the issue was the quantity of threes or the offense Joe Missoula ran because they were good offense. Obviously they didn't play well this series and it was a really crappy time for their shooters just not making shots. But I think the problem was how they were affected when they shot poorly from three. I don't think it was the threes. I think it was how they reacted when they missed them. I don't know if they should necessarily completely back off the threes, but I do think if you start O of 10, and then Al Horford's on the roll in a zone and he has like Gabe Vincent on him. Maybe, just maybe, he shouldn't fire it out as soon as he touches the ball every single time. Maybe he should take a little jump hook over the six foot guy sure. guarding him. Uh, I know they were sending blitzes at him and it, it's not a perfect science, but I mean, the dude wasn't even coming down with the ball before he was firing out to whoever. Yeah. And again, the shots were fine, but they just weren't falling. That's what I mean. Like, get, get, you have to get something. You have to find your footing a little bit. You can't just keep being like, please go in, please go in, please go in. Like, if you have a mismatch in the post underneath the basket, lay the ball up. That's where this becomes a problem. I will also say, and I said it again, and I agree with you that they should go to those matchups. They were also like missing all of their layups. <laughs> yeah, but th- they weren't game. even taking those. I know, I know, I agree. I, I kind of trust, just... even though Al Horford has not been as good inside, I do trust him to hit. No, know, uh, maybe, maybe a little jump hook over Kim uh, Vincent there. I'm just, I'm just more making fun of the fact that they were just like even failing. Everything was bad. They shot 39 percent from the field. There's no beating around the bush. They turned the ball over 15 times. This was not a good showing from the Celtics on the offensive end. It's no. sad because it. It did feel like a game where they did show up on the defensive end. They did kind of believe in themselves, and they just could not, for the life of them, get it going on the other end. And it's terrible. But at the end of the day, you lost. You lost to a team that you were definitely more talented than. You lost to a team that you proved that you could beat. This is not getting swept. (laughs) This is not what we were saying after game three. Yeah. This is – Missoula showed that he can make these guys adjust that he can hang a little bit with Spolstra. He probably saved his job, or at least 
gave himself I don't think a little bit game, more of a cushion. I agree. Game seven wasn't his fault. I don't think at all. I don't. I don't. Maybe trotting Brogdon out was his fault. But uh, besides Even that, that, that was like, what well, was that? Seven minutes. Yeah, that was seven right. minutes, uh, and he was a minus fifteen when they were up okay, five. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you can point to Brogdon coming in the game as the turning point in the game. So yes, yes, that's an important part of the game. Okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> I am not. A, I'm not saying the entire thing was his fault. But if his forearm is torn, don't put him out there. When your team is shooting O of a million from three and expect them to help you. They put Brogdon in the game and Brogdon shoots an air ball. The first thing he does is shoot an air ball as they try and break the zone. Just don't play him. You don't have to play him. It wasn't great. Of course he wants to be out there. Of course he wants to compete. Good for him. Uh, He also kind of challenged Missoula in the press conferences, which was weird. I mean, you know, you were there. He did. He did, yeah. It was weird coming from him, who was not very good in this series. Injury, not injury, yeah. doesn't matter. Was not good, and we're on a podcast after Game Seven, being like, "Yeah, he probably shouldn't have played." And him going out and there was the turning point in this game. For, for what it's worth, I don't think he was very good in the other series either. But that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to. Think. He was efficient. He, I was just harping on him for the tunnel vision. He was efficient, but I don't think he was very impactful. I think this team has a lot to think about growth wise. I don't know what's coming. I'm not Brad Stevens. Very thankful I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have to blow up this team. I don't I think... think it is good that they showed fight as annoyed as I am as a fan that got his hopes up and really thought they were going to do it. Egg on my face. I will say I was, I was talking to Bobby Manning post game. We missed the elevator. So we were walking down and he, he turned to me and he was, said something along the lines of like, I think the only silver lining of a loss like this is that they might make the changes that they probably need to make because if you win the game and then you lose in the finals, they probably run it back or, or, you know what I'm saying? Like it's true. If they get to the finals, I think everybody's like kind of nodding to themselves. Like, okay. Like last year. And I'm not saying they didn't have a good chance this year, but like it's clear something is off. They need to find a way to, learn to do things before it's too late in the whole team building thing that you're talking about making the move could be this could be like a giant like that's the cherry on top metaphor for them just screwing around until they hurt themselves but this is not a series that you necessarily should have lost i mean you you got killed in this game you got killed in game three you were in position to win the rest of the games. You won uh, game four in a blowout, game five in a blowout, won game six close. Should have been a blowout, but you shit the bed. If you flip it, Miami was also, they won four. Uh, they were in position to win game six as well. So, you know, this was a tightly contested series. But still, if you can execute down the stretch, this isn't a problem. Make no, Don't forget that they were in both games one and two. And they couldn't give you anything down the stretch. And everybody, maybe not so much now, but had they won this series, would have forgot about how terrible they were in game six with four minutes left up 10. And all of us head in hands as Butler makes the third free throw. And they need a miracle to push (laughs) it to this just to have us all get kicked in the balls. I mean, (laughs) just the sheer poor execution down the stretch. I guess in game six, they didn't get terrible shots. They just didn't make them. 
something has to change there. You can't win a championship if you're a team that I saw somebody tweet it before game six. I believe it was Mark Dandero of uh, EEI that if he's Spolstra, he's just telling his guys to keep the game close and the rest will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. He was right while also being wrong because the Celtics got really lucky. But well, that's what Miami did. They kept the game close and they almost just had a win fall into their lap because of how poorly the Celtics are when it gets close at the end. They couldn't get the one stop or the one basket Mm -hmm. to stop the bleeding, and this is not a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you saw throughout the game, too. Like you said, the clutch moments aren't just the fourth quarter. Like, you look at when they were trying to make that comeback. I think it was maybe the second, late second quarter, early third quarter. It's, you know, Al Horford makes a big three. Then Gabe Benson hits ones on the other end. Jalen Brown finally hits a three. Kyle Lowry hits on the other end, right? Like they, they're just not capable of stringing together those momentum plays. And I think what you talked about is, and, and what we were just talking about is, I, I do think the only good part about losing this way is it could prompt changes that could help the team improve. Like we said, we have all summer to talk about those changes. Uh, and so we won't do it now as I sit in the very solemn TD Garden. What was your sense throughout these post-game pressers? What did you feel... Uh, was the vibe? Did it feel like these guys felt like it was their last time playing together at all? I don't know if they thought it was their last time playing together, but like every time somebody else came in the room, you could tell that like eyes were like glossed over, like they looked like they wanted to cry, like all of them. Well, yeah, I mean, which is like, yeah, but you asked what I saw, and no, it's it's true. Um, I mean, the media, including us, had a big circle jerk for these guys because they forced the game seven <laughs> and crowned them champions and all that, and they didn't earn it. I said it after game six on the pod. I was like, wow, this actually might be a sneaky good way for them to almost lose so they don't get the whole, wow, we're the greatest yeah. thing, and it felt like that mm-hmm. half happened today. It's tough because, like you said, the effort was there defensively in this game like it or not there were definitely lapses there were times where things weren't tight offensively things were not tight and i feel like that's partly what cost them the game you can complain about the officials i did uh we did briefly i'll also say that's that's not really what lost in the game dylan brown had a few quotes post game i didn't put them to google doc i put them on my twitter so bear with me for a moment but obviously he was talking about like somebody asked him about his future and he somebody asked him about like his thoughts on an extension and it took him like two minutes to answer just because he was like silent like he's like like obviously very upset that he lost he's like i don't even know like what you want me to say about that right now like that's just not what i'm thinking about at all um so there's that yeah he said i don't really know how to answer that question right now my thought process is take it one day at a time um he talked about the locker room and he said like there was something oh yeah he said uh it's been a hell of a year those guys in the locker room are warriors resilient it's been an honor to share a locker room with a lot of those guys um <laughs> which is like it was like not not all those guys um so i don't know what's happening there but like the the whole thing from everybody that came up like Derek white we said it's disappointing, but that doesn't change it. This is one of the best locker rooms I've been in. I have a lot of love for those guys. He talked about how he, he loved them, like, outside. Joe Mazzullo talked about how he loved the locker room. Same with Jason Taylor. Like, they clearly are. Like, you said it all season. Like, this is a group that 
you can root for because you like them and they clearly like each other. It's just with the way they play and the way they lost, you just have to question the on-court fit of some of the pieces and whether something needs to change in order for them to reach that next level, which sucks because they played at such a high level. Uh, and I think it was <clears throat> Jason Tatum who talked about it. He's like, I mean, we've been to the, the conference finals in four in the last six years. You know, we've shown we can get there. We just fell a little bit short. It's not like we don't have the talent. It's just going to go our way this year. And while you agree with that to a point, it's like when you're seeing these same issues, it's tough to like, I don't know. It, it, you could tell that they love each other, but it's just, like you said, you don't envy Brad Stevens. I think there truly is uh, importance to their success. I think it is, for the most part, I don't want to say remarkable. I'll say impressive that they've been able to consistently make deep playoff runs. Make no mistake, it is an important thing. And it's really good. Believe it or not, as much as we don't think about it, Jalen Brown's 26, Tatum's 25. They are not old. They've just been around a while. Whether that's good or bad, whether they've worn out their welcome, whether this core itself has worn out its welcome, they still have a lot of basketball left to play. It certainly doesn't hurt to get into the playoffs and deep runs. The thing that hurts and the thing that sticks out is their inability to be present in clutch moments a lot of the time. And if if there's anything that I take away from this team and be like, this needs to change, I don't know how they do it, it's that. I don't know what needs to snap into place for them to be able to close out these games or or – be present in these moments that happen throughout, not just in the fourth quarter. Again, when you have the opportunity to make that push yes. in the third quarter of this game and you need whatever it is, a stop or a basket to drive you over the hump and really make the other team sweat, they can't get it. And Miami is the exact opposite. Even though they're out there with a bunch of these undrafted guys, I don't know why I'm quoting like quotations. I mean, they technically are undrafted, but that's all anybody is talking about of them. They're not necessarily big names or whatever, but they have it. Whatever it is, even, even in the game they lost, game six, they had the ability to get the stops, to get the baskets, to put themselves in position to win that game, and they got thwarted by a miracle-type play where the ball bounced the right way to White. Yes, Jason Tatum was on the other end of the rim, and they could have got it there too. But even in the game seven last year, it was the same thing. They got stops, they got baskets, and put themselves in position to win. The Celtics don't necessarily do that. They can blow you out and win a game that way, but it seems very rare that they are able to just outclass a team when it gets down to it. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much sense yeah. that makes, but it really just does not feel like they are a team you can rely on in a, in a back and forth. Right now, it does. Another thing, another thing a lot of people talked about, or a lot of the players talked about post game was like, they said something along the lines of like, we faced a lot of adversity this season, like talked about the coaching, but they also like hinted at like, there was a lot of in season stuff that we dealt with, and it was like, you know, eyes emoji, like, what, what, what are we talking about here? So, 
Like what? They didn't like uh, when they traded for Muscala. No, like yeah, no, I don't know. They were talking like no in the locker room. I I mean, like there were stuff in the locker room. So I you don't okay, know. Okay, that well, if that's the case, but so they're dealing with stuff in the locker room, but then they all love each other. Which is it? You can have both, and I I think a part of it. But is, it feels like they have stuff like, in the locker room every year. Every and I feel Most every team teams, probably does. Exactly, every team probably does. But the way they don't use it as a cross. That's such a lose. We don't know what it is, so I guess we really can't <laughs> say. Mm-hmm. Well, the funniest part to me was, and I don't think he like thought it through when he said it, but Tatum was like talking about everything that went wrong. He's like, you know, we switched coaches the day before uh, media day. You know, we didn't have Rob for the first X amount of games of the season, so we had to deal with that. And he he was like, we didn't get a chance to play with Gallo, and it's like. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you really missed Gallo. He just gave you so much. I don't want to hear about Gallo. You're reaching. I, I am so sick and tired of healing, hearing about Gallinari. Like, I'm happy he wants to be on the team, and he, he mm-hmm. chose to sign with the Celtics, and he really has been seemingly like a good sport and happy to be here. But I don't care. He's not moving the needle today. He's he's not. Agree. He can shoot threes. Is he defending anybody? No. no. He's not. They're just going to switch. They're, they're going to switch hunt and get him. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? He's old, too. Yeah. I, I don't really know what needs to change. I don't know what's going to give them that it thing that can just make them the better team when the game gets close. You're not going to win a title like that. We've seen it now two seasons in a row. If they could close games, they would win last year. All they had to do was close game yeah. four, and that probably would have been a wrap, and they couldn't. And I think we'll have to see this summer, but like I said, we have plenty of time to talk yeah, about that. Don't, I don't. We we could probably do like two hours today if we wanted to, but I don't want to. I mean, listen, people, we have uh, a, a long five months here to sit around. <laughs> we got to fill the content. We got to fill the content. So uh, I don't know if we're necessarily done right else. now, but we should say thank you to everybody that found us this spring because. Yes. We had a monster spring. We gained a lot of subscribers for us. We had a lot of views. I would imagine this video is going to get a lot of views just because of the circumstances. <laughs> um, regardless, if you are here to you know listen to us and enjoy what we say or make fun of us because of the Celtics lost. Oh, and I'll also say, let me, let me find it real quick. I agree. Let me find it real quick. Uh, really, though, the Heat fan. Congratulations. We do appreciate you tuning in. Regardless yeah, I mean, he keeps coming so. back. He was here when they were losing. He was here when they were winning. He's nothing if not consistent. I give and again, credit. I'm rooting for Miami. I was rooting for Miami throughout the playoffs. Obviously not against the Celtics. But they are a good uh, story of a team. Butler is a very <laughs> likable superstar. He doesn't complain to the officials. It feels like everything he does is legit. There's no real bullshit with him. So very easy for me to root for Jimmy Butler. I really don't like mm-hmm. that Caleb Martin all of a sudden is a all-star caliber player against the Celtics. He just better mm-hmm. do it against Denver. That's all I have to say. So if, he, if he's out if there Martin shoots playing like, like me 30%. against Denver, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Fair. In 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 his defense, he's been doing that all postseason. It wasn't just a Celtics thing. It was well, particularly he averaged, series. But... Make no mistake. He averaged 10 points per game in the postseason. It was 18 against the Celtics. That was after game five. So it's probably closer to 20. Or it was like 19 average, right? He averaged the same amount of points as Jalen Brown in the in the series. Yeah. So, yeah, 19. he was solid in the first two rounds. 
this is not what you got in the first two rounds. If you got first two rounds of Caleb Martin, the Celtics probably win. No. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. He wasn't yes. averaging as much. He, <laughs> I, I meant he was he was just as efficient, but he wasn't doing it with the volume. Okay, then fair enough. Um, also, completely snubbed for Eastern Conference player. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yes. Like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> also, uh, no one benefits more from this Miami win than Bam. I got a trash. Yeah. He was terrible in this game. He was bad. like, if the Celtics had won this game, I would have told you that Bam should have won the MVP for them. <laughs> he was horrible in this game. He was he in was the third quarter. The he was half game. the reason that the Celtics were still in it. Whatever they That's won. True. Yeah, yeah. Butler was fine. He was good in this game. He made really big shots. He wasn't that great in the middle of the series, but he was great in that opening games too. Duncan yeah, Robinson definitely. taunting the Garden crowd. That's like something the Celtics oh, should have to look at every single oh, day. Do this. Yeah, that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every single day they walk mm-hmm. into practice, they should have to look at that. Really? That's the well, guy I mean, that's he... giving you a, a guy a guy that the entire fan base wanted off the team. Him and Lowry wanted off the team before the trade deadline because of the money <laughs> they made and the, the lack of production they got. Duncan Robinson was an impact player in this conference finals. He almost won well, the game six. The best for me was when um, the Celtics got a big stop and then Jalen Brown came down the court and chucked up a three and Duncan Robinson blocked. <laughs> yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, that was something, huh? But uh, It's yeah, enough man. to make you put in the head Brutal. microwave. <clears throat> Very tough. That's all I got, though. I don't have anything else to say. Do you have anything else? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think we got everything. We should save stuff for the summer, too. Like you said, it could be a long summer. <laughs> Yeah, we we do appreciate all the people that have come out. Seriously, we thank you very much. It's been I think a great like, spring for us, great playoff run. Wish they kept it going, but they didn't. I wish I could see how many subscribers we started the season with. You know what? Let me see if I can do that. Right I don't know now. how many we started the season um, with, but we started the playoffs at three hundred five. Because it was Mister three hundred five. Yes, uh, we and are then they my... Yeah, or you know what lives on Taylor Swift theory. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we don't have to do anything with Tatum because he didn't score forty points. This is true. This is uh, this is very true. You don't have to do anything double, with Tatum. Bum, bum ankle. Um, it's funny. I don't even think Tatum was impactfully bad today. Yeah, he just had to be a role player because he wasn't able to do anything. Yeah, he was five of thirteen. Not the best, but like it wasn't like. Eight of twenty-three, bad. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? <laughs> this is December fifth, so a couple months into the season, <laughs> we were at one hundred and fifty-one subscribers. Yeah, big year. So we've gained around three hundred this year. So very much appreciate you guys. It's very cool. But uh, yeah, like I said, that's all I got. Make sure to subscribe to How About Them Celtics. We'll be doing. Uh, we'll think of a plan to do pods and, and streams and videos. Um, throughout the we'll offseason, probably we'll, react we'll to these stuff. finals games. I don't know if I'm staying up until one in the morning to do pods <laughs> on these finals games, but we should do highlights. We should react to the highlights. Yeah, um, we'll do something. Be, we'll, fig- we'll figure out something. Make sure, like I said on the pregame show, leave us ratings on uh, Spotify and a podcast that helps the ratings a lot, helps us in the algorithm. Uh, and if you're going to be mean to us, go do it in the YouTube comments. Help us out there. We appreciate you guys very much. And I'll let Sam wrap it up. Yes. Thank you very much for listening or watching. We've already thanked you two times, so don't get too uh, greedy with it. Um, 
you can subscribe to the YouTube, leave a like, comment on this. I'm sure there's going to be a million comments. Um, you can hit the notification bell to make sure you get all of our new content for the summer, whatever it is we do decide to do. We are going to be here. We're not going to disappear. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple. Make sure you follow. Leave a nice five-star rating, like Jack said, a nice review. You can follow us on socials at How About Them Seas, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook is just the name of the podcast. You'll find our pregame streams when they're eventually back next year, 30 minutes before every game. You can follow Jack at NBA on Twitter, and you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Come on. Tackles. 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 Tackles.